0: Since 1992, Wendy has coached executives, entrepreneurs, and other coaches throughout North America, Europe, and Asia. She holds the credential of Professional Certified Coach by the International Coach Federation. Currently, Wendy serves as president of the ICF Nevada. Wendy's clients seek her out for executive and leadership coaching and for goals related to work-life balance, relationships, and living a fulfilled life. Recently, Wendy was named Best Life Coach in Las Vegas for the third year in the row. Wendy, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me, Millette.
0: Now, before we get started talking about business, I'd love to know just a little bit more
1: about who you are and what you like to do when you're not at work. Sure. I uh, was originally raised in the San Francisco Bay Area, I like to say that I was born, baptized, and even worked at Stanford University before I went back East for college, and I studied international relations. And when I came home, I ended up working in corporate America in high-tech sales and strategic alliances. I was a global alliance director at a Fortune 100 company. And was personally responsible for generating revenues of over 500 million a year. And anytime I wasn't working, whether it was in corporate America or now as coaching, I love international travel. I love anything French, including having uh, become married to a Frenchman. And uh, anything related to entertaining and good food and wine. I used to say that my favorite thing in the world to do was international travel. And then I met my husband. So now I say it's international travel with my husband. Mm,
0: That sounds amazing, actually. Now, you know, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your business journey. How long have you been coaching and what led you to choose coaching in the first place?
1: Well, I have been coaching now for 26 years. I say that I started coaching back when I was about five years old. And how I got into coaching was while I was in corporate America, I did a year-long leadership development program. And there was one segment of that program that was three or four months long where I was given a coach. And the intention was to accomplish something that was not achievable. Mm. And I'd always been a high bar performer. But what I found was that with the coach, I was so impressed with the results that I was able to produce that I decided I wanted to be trained to coach that program. So I didn't leave my job, but on the side in the evenings, I was volunteering to coach people that were going through that program. And I did that for a couple of program cycles. And then I started coaching the coaches in that program. And I did that for about five years. And during that period, I built a part-time coaching practice on the side. Back in 1999, I went through my first year-long coaches training program. The company that I trained with was, uh, back then called excellence coaching. And since then has transformed into accomplishment coaching. So it's an ICF accredited coach training program. And, uh, I loved my corporate job. I used to say that I would never give up that career. Even when I got married and had kids, I always saw myself doing that as much as I loved coaching on the side And I had a rule that I would never work for anyone that I didn't want to have over for dinner and a glass of wine. Mm. And I found myself working for someone who was not going to get an invitation to my house. (laughs) Oh, no. So I convinced the company that seven years was long enough and it was time to put me on a layoff list. And at that time, I had my grandmother who was in her mid-90s living with me, and she was not enjoying the fact that I was traveling around the world, although I was. And I took two years off and just cared for her. And after she passed away, I felt like I couldn't go back to corporate America. I felt like it had no soul and that I had to be doing something where I was making the same kind of difference on a daily basis for my clients that I had for my grandmother. And obviously that was coaching. So I started coaching full-time. I love it. I really do get to make a difference for people on a daily basis. Obviously, I'm just supporting my clients. They're the ones that are really doing the heavy lifting and the hard work to accomplish their goals. But it's something that's very fulfilling for me. And my tagline has become living a fulfilled life. And I'm pretty committed that everyone that I'm working with, really is fulfilled in what they're doing. Mm. It sounds
0: like a really, I don't know, almost like an easy transition just like when you when you began to feel like work or the job you were in just wasn't fulfilling anymore. It was easy because you had already started coaching on the side and it was easy to just make that leap.
1: That's very true. And the ironic part is now I have so many of my clients that seek me out because they are in a job where they're great at what they do. They get paid very good money and they're completely unfulfilled Mm -hmm. and they recognize that it's time for them to really do something that they love and where they get to feel that they're making a difference where they're fulfilled. And when they take me on as a coach to support them we of course have no idea what their career might end up becoming, and sometimes it's just as uh, just as wild and crazy as a former military person who had become a high school teacher who never saw herself owning her own business, and after a few months of working together, decided she was going to start her own business as a horse masseuse.
0: Oh my, that is mm-hmm. interesting.
1: <laughs> And there are also a lot of my clients who have decided to switch careers who ultimately end up deciding, hey, coaching looks like a really amazing career. I think I'd love to do that.
0: Yeah, I think that that's, uh, to me, that seems to be something that I've come across a lot is people who got into coaching because they had an amazing coach and they could see what a change that it made in their lives. And then they wanted to, to make that sort of a difference for someone else as well.
1: Absolutely. And I always have to kind of recheck myself and make sure, given that as a coach, we need to be unbiased and not being directive or leading the client in any way. I always check myself and make sure that I didn't push them in that direction. But no, it seems that they just feel that it resonates for them and they're interested. And it wasn't because I gave them a kick in a direction.
0: (laughs) Now, because you had started coaching on the side, I'm curious if you had the same sort of issues that a lot of people have when they get started, you know, a lot of the ups and downs that come with starting a business. Did you find that starting it as sort of a side gig gave you maybe a leg up on some of that? Did you Did you have a lot of ups and downs? If you did, could you share maybe a disappointment or just a low point you experienced?
1: Absolutely. I think that there are two ways of looking at it, Millette. On the one hand, I think that having started it on the side, I already had a lot of years and hours of client coaching experience. So perhaps I didn't go through some of the Mm self-doubt that a new coach trying to launch a business might go through. And at the same time, anytime you start a new business, whether it's a coaching business, whether you decide you're going to open a shoe store, you go through some some struggles. I think the most disappointing thing that I've gone through is when I feel like my coaching practice is full and thriving and whether that's when I first started and got it to the number of clients I wanted or later in my coaching practice where it was full one day and within a few days up to 80% of my clients may have decided they were going to complete their coaching agreements with me. Wow. <laughs> and and I've come to expect it. It just happens. Coaching is so cyclical and I have some clients that hire me for something more short-term that may only last about four months, and I have some that may stay with me five or more years at a time. So you just never know when someone is going to decide that it's time to complete. Mm. And since you know that
0: that is just a part of coaching as a business, that sometimes you're going to have a full roster, sometimes people are going to fall away, and you might have a a sparse uh, number of clients... Can you tell me about a time where, you know, even through all of that, you felt like you were beginning to gain momentum in your business? Like maybe you'd reached that tipping point where there were more clients Absolutely. than there were not.
1: For me, it was really when I treated it like a full-time business. And that meant that I actually scheduled out my ideal calendar with slots for where I wanted each of my clients to be. And until a particular slot was filled... I was actively marketing during those hours. Hmm. What I find, I'm also on the leadership team for a certified or an accredited coaches training program. And what I find is that people who want to be a full-time coach often dedicate the hours that they are coaching specific clients to coaching and don't necessarily focus on building their business in the other hours. Okay. So what you're saying is, is that you, so explain
0: that just a little bit more. So I'm having just a little bit of trouble, like okay. wrapping my brain around it.
1: So for me, I typically coach Monday through Thursday mm-hmm. and I like to have 20 clients at a time. So that's five clients a day, which for me works well. It means I've got three in the morning and two in the afternoon or vice versa. And if I don't currently have 20 clients. I still have that time blocked out for client number 20, and I won't go get my nails done. I'll actually be on the phone talking to people about coaching or about their lives.
0: Mm, right. That makes a lot of sense. So instead of just saying, okay, that's a free hour that I can go you know, do whatever, you actually take that hour and use it to market and, and try to bring in new clients.
1: Correct until I filled that hour with a client.
0: Now, you've been doing this a really long time, um, you know, compared to a lot of the coaches that I've been talking to recently. I'd love to know what do you think has been your biggest achievement so far in your coaching career?
1: Well, recently I've been honored to have been awarded with the Best Life Coach of Las Vegas for the last three consecutive years. And a few months ago, I received an award for the Best Small Business of Las Vegas. Oh wow. And I know there are other life coaches in Las Vegas because I coach some of them. Mm-hmm. So it's funny to me. It makes me um it's it's just a huge honor and I think the it's very humbling at the same time. And I think the other accomplishments that I'm most proud of are re- really related to the clients' achievements. Mm. When I support someone in achieving just a massive transformation in who they are as a person because while people hire me to accomplish specific projects and i measure the success of the coaching based on whether or not the client is on target to meet the milestones and the specific measurable results of the program of the project that they're working on underneath it all it what i do is ontological coaching so i'm always focused on having that person be their best and highest self, and expanding their capabilities, being able to take on things that would have previously been way outside of their comfort zone, and things that they may not have been willing to do.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's interesting because you know I think that that's something that that I have struggled with when I've had a coach is thinking that I want something, but then it's not something that I'm willing to make that leap for just yet. I haven't gotten myself to the place of being ready. So that makes a lot of sense, what you're saying.
1: (laughs) Yes, and I think that takes some time as well because coaching is such a personal service that it's got to have that foundation. Of mutual trust and respect between the client and the coach. And that typically does take a couple of months to really build to a strong place.
0: Right. Now, being named the best coach in Las Vegas, not once, but three times now, you know, that's amazing in and of itself, a huge accomplishment, a huge achievement. But I know that. Most of us just kind of keep going. We keep wanting to grow. We keep wanting to expand. What are you most excited about creating next in your business?
1: So I'm doing a few things right now, uh, because I'm somewhat limited with my available coaching slots now, I'm starting to do some group coaching. It's not the first time I've done group coaching, but I haven't focused on it for a long time. And there's some dynamics to it that are really exciting. I also have an opportunity to speak to over a thousand women at a women's leadership conference coming up. Mm. And, uh, on a half business and half personal note, what I'm creating this next year is selecting three or four countries a year where my husband and I could actually relocate for a month or more at a time. Oh, fun. And, uh, and that would be part work and part fun. Mm -hmm. He'll be having a whole lot of fun and I'll be (laughs) keeping keeping in touch with my clients at the same time as having fun.
0: That's an interesting point that you bring up because with the advent of technology, it's like coaches now are just able to be location independent.
1: So having you could have clients all over
0: the world and you could be anywhere in the world.
1: Yeah. And I do already have clients all over the world. So it's funny. I'm Used to have all of my clients find me from referrals mm-hmm. from existing or past clients. And now I've got people that just find me online and literally Indonesia, Kyrgyzstan, France that were not referred by anyone who knew me. Mm.
0: Wow. That's, that's really interesting. So we're going to move into the part of the conversation that is more about like the real action steps, getting into the business side of things. So one thing that coaches sometimes don't think about is that there's a lot of different ways to make a living as a coach, online and offline. So how are you generating revenue in your business right now?
1: The bulk of my revenue comes from my executive and individual clients, including the coaches that I coach and after that it would be two things uh one doing paid speaking engagements Mm. and a lot of people there there's a pretty big range for what's available in terms of revenue from a speaking engagement it could be up to five thousand dollars for a one-hour speech that's pretty significant for (laughs) (laughs) not that a lot of work doesn't go into the preparation of it and if you have some signature talks that you like to do time and time again and continue to hone them, that's even better. And the third place, I'm on the leadership team for Accomplishment Coaching, which is an ICF accredited coaches training program. So I also get some supplemental revenue from uh, leading that program and mentoring some of the coaches that are in training to become credentialed coaches.
0: Mm. Now, going back to what you were saying about speaking, do you mostly speak to like nonprofits or is it corporations?
1: Uh, I have foundations that organize speaking events. I have uh, nonprofits, I have corporations, it's a little bit of everything. I was recently hired to speak to the US, let me make sure I get this right. It's the Museum Store Association. So there's actually an organization throughout the US for people who work in the stores at museums, which is a really interesting niche because museums are nonprofits. Right. But the retail stores in them are definitely for profit. Hmm. So they were flying into Las Vegas for a convention and contacted me to come and speak about leadership to them.
0: Oh, wow. That's a, a part of coaching that I think a lot of people don't really think about, but it can be a great way to generate just another revenue stream coming into your business.
1: Absolutely.
0: Now, the Unstoppable Coach family, it's made up of new and experienced coaches, but the one thing that everybody seems to have in common is everyone's looking to grow their business. What would you say is your favorite way to bring new clients into your business?
1: My favorite way is getting referrals from the existing and past clients. So that's as simple as asking clients every few months, who do you know? that I should be talking to? Who do you know that would benefit from coaching? And it's interesting how many coaches don't think about that. Don't recognize the revenue source that's available just from their existing clientele. So I do recommend that coaches ask every few months or so, if there's anyone that would benefit. And the other thing is keeping in touch with past clients, whether that's calling them and checking in every few months, whether that's uh, staying in touch with them on a more personal level with what's going on in their life, their birthdays, their babies being born, marriages. Because don't forget, as a coach, you're often the person who supported that client in finding a spouse. Mm. So a lot of those, those changes, um, you played a part in a supportive role, of course, but it's still nice to stay in touch. And I find that frequently when I reach out, I end up having someone say, Oh, you know what? Maybe you and I should start coaching again. Or, you know, I've been thinking you should be coaching my brother-in-law and I'll share with you, uh, really embarrassing thing that happened recently. I have for a long time used an online service called send out cards where I can send out any kind of cards and give gifts to clients, but I've always done them one at a time. I've never set up a campaign where a week before everybody's birthday, a card will automatically go out that person without me doing a thing. And this year, during the Oscars, I decided it was time to set that up. So I watched the video. I thought I did a good job. I set up the campaign. And a week or two later, I started getting calls from people saying, Thank you so much for my birthday card. But you know, my birthday is not for another six months. Oh, no. And I realized that what I had done and I had to confirm this with the company, I had actually set up a campaign to send everyone in my database a birthday card immediately.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: (laughs) So it was embarrassing because I love to do things right, and that was definitely an example of where coach does not equal perfect. (laughs) And it was a really good reason to then have to call people and say, I hope you like the birthday card, and yes, I know your birthday is not until X month. But I did have people say, oh, I've been thinking we need to, you know, start working together again. So any opportunity to stay in touch is a great opportunity. Yeah, that's actually a, a really good idea. And I
0: think you're right. I don't think a lot of people really think about that because, I mean, just kind of going back in my mind about my with my own experience with being coached, I remember being asked for a referral when The process ended, and maybe, actually, maybe when it began as well, but. It wasn't something where that person reached out to me throughout the time frame, and it's not, and I'm not getting reached out to now. So I think that would be a great little tip for people to to kind of put on put in their arsenal of things to do with their marketing is just to keep in touch and keep that relationship going, even if it's not a. It doesn't have to be something where you pressure someone to come back into coaching, but just reach out and see how things are, and and like you said, it, it sounds like you get a really good response from people who kind of say, Hey, yeah, I need to get back into this.
1: Absolutely. And although as a coach, we need to be cautious of who we're coaching and not coach anyone that's too close to us, for whom we might have a personal agenda. It doesn't mean that over the years of coaching someone or over the months of coaching someone, you don't develop some camaraderie and somewhat of a personal relationship. So it's just natural that you would stay in touch with that person. And when I call to check in with them, I'm not necessarily asking them, who do you know who might now want to coach with me? Or are you thinking it's time to come back? That just, that comes up from their side of the conversation typically.
0: Yeah, that's, I I just love that as a tip for everybody. Knowing what you know now about building up a successful coaching business, What would you say is one action step that someone could take if they're brand new? What would be the first thing you would suggest they do? Or maybe what would be the thing that you wish you had done first?
1: That's a great question. I think for me, the thing that comes to mind, Millette, is never stop building your pipeline. I think that new coaches make a list of people they should talk to, and then they get however many clients it is that they'd like to coach, And as soon as they get that client or that roster of clients, they stop marketing. So it's imperative that every week, whether your practice is completely full or not, that you have a goal of how many people you want to speak with and just explore what they're up to in their lives, get curious and discover whether hiring a coach, whether it's you or someone else, would support them in accomplishing their goals. And there's nothing wrong with having a waiting list.
0: Mm. Well, that's that's a good idea. I think a lot of people would think, you know, oh, if I have a waiting list, that's going to make me, you know, it's going to make me look like I can't handle it, or people are just going to fall off and go somewhere else. But you find that not to be the case. I don't. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Wendy, this has been so good. I've learned so much from you during this conversation. And we're going to finish up now with our final five rapid-fire questions. So what is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable?
1: Persistence. I'm actually reading a book right now, uh, Angela Duckworth's book, Grit. And that's what she speaks about. But for me, it's always been persistence, perseverance, I might have been referred to in the past by friends as a dog on a bone.
0: (laughs) Now, what is one quality that you feel every successful coach needs to develop?
1: I think it's the skill of listening, but it's not just listening for the content, as people might believe. I think when you first think of being a good listener, it's just hear every word they say and make sure I understand every word they say. But it's really not that. It's listening at a different level so that you can identify the context that the client's coming from.
0: Hmm. Now, recommend one book that's had a big impact either on your business or on your life.
1: All right. For my coaching business, I would say... The Business Coaching Toolkit, it's by Stephen Fairley and Bill Zip. Uh, the subtitle is Top 10 Strategies for Solving Toughest Dilemmas Facing Organizations. And if I can slip in a second one for people not doing executive or organizational coaching, I Love Getting Real by Susan Campbell. It's the 10 truth skills that you need to live an authentic life. So both for you as a coach, as well as for your coaching clients, it's brilliant.
0: Mm. Now, give us one online resource that you think coaches would love and that you couldn't do business without.
1: (laughs) Well, I used to do business without it, but I would never want to again, and that would be Evernote. Oh, okay.
0: Now, finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? What social platforms do you hang out on, and what's your website?
1: Well, since I started coaching when I was five years old, I'm not as facile with some of the social media platforms, (laughs) so I don't know if I would say I hang out on any of them, but I can definitely be found on Facebook at Coaching by Wendy. And my personal website, which is www.coachingbywendy.com. And I also have a gift for the Unstoppable Coach community. So for anyone who would go to www.coachingbywendy forward slash yes and complete the form there. I would offer you a strategy session to uncover the number one hidden challenge that's keeping you from having a thriving practice and to develop a customized action plan to start having you get results fast. So again, that's www.coachingbywendy.com
0: That sounds great. Thank you for that. Now, I'll be sure to put all of those links and all of the recommendations onto the show notes page. This has been such a great conversation. Wendy, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Milet. It's my pleasure.